And welcome back. This is the Northern Miner Podcast. This is Matthew Keeble along with my co-host. Leslie Stokes. And hey. we are here. This is uh, what I'm going to call the Long Weekend Edition Part 2. <laughs> in, uh, <clears throat> in homage to homage. Oh, I think that's right. <laughs> to that awesome Charlie Sheen movie, uh, Hot Shots Part 2, which was a sweet 80s like <laughs> take up on, on Top Gun, which I don't even know if it was in the 80s, but that was a sweet movie where he like has a chicken bazooka. Do you, did you ever see that movie? No, I'm going to put this on my list. Hot Shots Part 2, both <laughs> awesome. Part so de. welcome to <laughs> Long Weekend Edition of the podcast, Part 2. Not starring Charlie Sheen. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> off we go. Let's get right into it. Things, <laughs> things got took a little bit of a bump in the in the proverbial road this week. For it sure did. Commodities. It was a big so, pothole. There was a, a slight so a, drive down the road, in Newfoundland. Yeah, a slight hazard. Uh, so let's get let's go through this. Uh, we'll we'll break down why some of this happened, etc. But uh, so gold <laughs> took a bit of a beat down. Um, we were up around 1300 uh, as we walked into studio, we were at 1255 um, And the reason is, as we so often Ooh. talk about, is the uh, mm-hmm. Federal Market Committee is like... <laughs> I read this thing. It's the funniest thing. So so what what happened in, in, in uh, long story short, was they said now that they're looking at a rate hike in June. Um, and a lot of people were like, well, we don't even know. I, I read a few notes and like a lot of the analysts were like, it'll take a freaking U.S. economic miracle for them to hike rates in June. But anyway, so they're insinuating to the market, as we say, they don't really, they infer things, right? Um, what I heard was uh, they have, their biggest issues. they have a communication problem. Apparently their communications department is crap. Oh, so really? So they're like, yeah, because they can't like, uh, what they're putting out to the market and stuff is like, like we've always said, I- extremely vague and they seem to change their mind every like two weeks or something like that. So everyone's like, now the market's like, Oh, good Lord. Like, what are we going to do with these guys? So <laughs> hilariously, Scotiabank, <laughs> we mentioned this before. They keep like a, a rate hike probability chart that I get like every other week or something like that. I hope like it's that. a cartoon. It's super. I hope it's well, hand drawn. No, it's a bar chart. It's a bar chart. It's, it's not as exciting <laughs> as it's, it's not like, it's not like a Janet Yellen, like with like a billboard or something. A drawing of yeah. Trump on it. Yeah. No. So six months ago, um, the chances of a rate hike in June were 91%. In April, they were 14%, and following the most recent meeting where they were a bit hawkish is the term, not dovish, um, now it's at 32% that there'll be a rate hike by June. So they still don't think there's going to be one, but uh, this is why your, your gold stocks may be taking a bit of a kick in the teeth today. So Yes. Yeah, but I, like you said before, we went on Barrick has held up well, though. So... Um, so yeah, that's why your gold stocks are down. Just so you know, uh, you can uh, send uh, send a nice letter to the Federal Open Market Committee in Washington D.C. Um, and copper, <laughs> well, copper's been is again, it's been around two hundred five to two ten for the past week or so. We saw it go up a bit. Now it's back down at two hundred six. Uh, seems like it might be there to stay for a little while. I ha- I know one analyst who's like, you better be ready for sub two dollar copper because it's coming. And I'm like, oh god, that means a lot of mines will probably close. <laughs> So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, West Texas Intermediate, we're again approaching $50 a barrel, 48.16. The TSX uh, main index when I walked in was at 13,772 points. Uh, The venture was at 675.45 points. So uh, yeah, uh, gold's near a three-week low. Um, We'll pay attention to see what happens. (laughs) Next week, they're going to be like, oh, the economy's kind of terrible, and now we can't hike rates till September and then gold will go to 1500 bucks again. <laughs> so 
hey, I don't give stock advice, but if this causes gold equities to dip a bit, I may look at them. Let's just say, let's <laughs> yeah. say that. Yeah, if things go down in the interim, I may look at them because I don't have that much faith in the U.S. economy. I think it's a bit of smoke and mirrors, to be honest. But, um, but let's uh, let's bang on with the headline news. Uh, usually, this is usually some big M and A deal. <laughs> Lastly, it was it was Freeport and Tanky, and now uh, now we're looking at um, everyone's followed on this Eldorado story because they've been pretty much decamping from China is, uh, is what they're like. They don't want to be there at all. So they're, they're so <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. So they're like, this is, we're not going to have any product. They don't want production in, in China at all. So, uh, we'd covered it, it back in April. They'd sold their Jin Fang mine for 300 million. Uh, Trish covered that it's on uh, page 16 this week. Uh, but I, uh, subsequently picked up, they just earlier this week mentioned that they'd sold the rest of their portfolio. So that's their white mountain, uh, Tan Jan Shan mine Smashing and it. Eastern Dragon, which is in permitting. It's not a mine. It's just a development uh, asset. But they sold all this for six hundred million. So if you if you take take it all together, El Dorado just exited China with nine hundred million dollars in cash. Right? So they have uh, quite a bit of money. Um, just so everybody gets a little bit of a context here, they produced one hundred forty one thousand ounces in the first quarter. Fifty eight thousand of that came from the Chinese mines. So they'll be down a little bit, like on a grand scale, on an annual basis, not huge, but quarterly, they're going to want to replace that, right? So the big question I hear a lot of people asking is where are they going to spend all this cash they have now? So that's Mm. why I was talking a little bit about um, some of the guys that they consistently mention are either newly commissioned mines or guys that are coming up uh, or companies that are coming up. Uh, one of them was Guyana Goldfields, I've heard. The other one's Torex, which has the mine, the Morelos operation down in uh, Guerrero, Mexico. And then everybody always mentions because they have a foothold in Integra, right? That's so, right, yeah. Yeah, so there's uh, interesting, interesting company to watch. Um, even though they got out of China, their production profile is still in some very interesting places like they have this stuff in greece which they've been it's just a headache for them because the greek government's giving them the boots constantly and then the other major portion of their production comes from turkey so i'm assuming they would just love a nice mine in like nevada or maybe the yukon the yukon (laughs) anywhere literally just please (laughs) please Get something that's uh, <laughs> that's not going to be seized. Like, you, did you hear uh, the Sentara stuff again this week? Because we talked about it last week. So the Kyrgyz government, oh, they had a huge thing at their AGM, at their annual general meeting, and, like, they were all just furious again. And it seems to just happen to Sentara, like, once or twice a year where their offices get raided or their whatever AGM, somebody storms in. And, just, and so they're like, <laughs> they admit at the AGM, okay, yeah, it may not be the best place to be operating a mine. And the funniest thing is, though, um, like I said, they've never, their operations have never been interrupted. Like, they keep having these crazy political things go on, but they have never had, like, a, really a pause at Kumtor, which is their gold operation, the Kyrgyz Republic. It's never actually been shut down, but they, it, there's usually a lot of noise. So there continues to be a good amount of noise. Um, but yeah, so did you want to touch a little bit on Dynacore? Because you did just talk to them. Yeah, I was just, um, I was actually, um, I was chatting with Jean Martineau. He's the president and CEO of Dynacore oh, okay. Gold Mines. And he yeah. gave me an update on their Tumipampa project out in Lima, Peru. Oh, uh, yeah, in Peru, yeah. Yeah, and apparently they're going to be coming out with a maiden resource 
on their mineralization on that property um, pretty soon here. Actually, he's he's looking at about mid-year. And uh, yeah, so it's a high-grade epithermal vein and manto system. And they've been doing a lot of underground exploration drifts through there and channel sampling and such. And so they're going to be pumping that out, um, like I said, mid-year. And at the same time, um, their big milestone that they're hitting right now is that they are nearing the completion of their brand new um, 300 tons per day to potentially 600 tons per day processing facility um, called Veta Dorado. Yep. And that's kind of exciting for them because um, they already own a processing facility, a yeah, really small like one. Yeah, they're toll miller type dudes. They're a toll miller, yeah. yeah. So they purchase a bunch of artisanal ore from local miners and they process yeah. it. And which is which was a an offset. I remember this. Sorry to interrupt you. I, I no, heard this. No, it's all uh, good. It was because they were cracking down on illegal mining in Peru. And they so the, uh, I remember hearing this one, Dynacor. I forget who wrote this, but they wrote a story on it. And they went down there originally because they saw a niche for a toll facility because all, the government was cracking down on all these guys for not legally doing it properly doing it. yeah so yeah. This, that was the big kind of their angle i remember when they were marketing when they went down there originally so interesting yeah so they're still uh they are cash flow positive right? yeah they are cash yeah. flow positive they just had their yeah. like 20th quarter um like cash flow positive sort of release anyway it was really exciting for them because of course it gives them an opportunity to potentially double production yeah and that's good news for the company because they can get some cash and then advance or use that cash to advance their Tumipampa. So the Tumipampa is, is they actually do the, outside of the toll milling side of the business. They have a, an ore deposit that they're kind of advancing. Is this the first resource they've ever done? This is the first resource. Oh, okay. So cool. yeah, maybe not even deposit yet, yeah. but um, it will be pretty soon. So is it polymetallic? It's a silver, or sorry, it's gold. Gold? Gold copper. Oh, gold copper. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's fun. So that, that's kind of their, when do they expect the resource out? Mid-year. Mid-year. Okay. Yeah. I love those dates. Yeah. Like sometime in the next mm, four quarters. You mean year? No, no, four quarters. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the same thing. <laughs> but yeah, so mid-year, we'll look for that. I, I always find that story interesting. There's a few other guys uh, and uh, gals and companies doing that uh, sort of toll milling business model where you try to pull. It was so hot maybe two or three years ago. You don't, Dynacor was kind of the first, one of the first uh, outfits to, to go down there and actually implement it. But I, I heard a few people running around marketing that idea in Mexico and stuff, and I don't hear about it. Any, as much anymore so i'll have to look into it maybe it's just me i don't know <laughs> well yeah you're, you're definitely being sheltered from you know the volatility that we see in the market by you know being able to produce your own cash well yeah and also you're uh not really responsible for the mining side of it you're just responsible for the t- the actual milling yeah right? the so milling so as long as your metallurgy is uh, solid and you've got some good uh you know uh, compatible ore i was gonna say, <laughs> i was looking for an adjective there it almost came out terribly but compatible ore you're okay to go. So yeah, and they do have a 1,500 ton bulk sample coming out of Tumipampa. Oh, okay. And that's going to be so it's underground then. Um, yeah, it, yeah. Well, they're, they're doing underground excavations yeah, okay, and stuff, okay. and so they're going to send that bulk sample over to their metal XML that they have right now. That's in operation. It's 250 tons, yeah. but only when they transfer all of the tonnage that they received at metal X over to the new mill oh, and that okay. frees up the other one. Yeah. And so they're going to be like looking at the timing on the release of those results, kind of roughly when they're able to get Veta Dorado on the go. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that makes we'll sense. see how that all rolls out. So keep your eye on Dynacore cause they're going to be having some interesting news coming out mid year. What are they, what, what are they at per share? 
or or uh, right now, if you don't mind me asking? They are um, trading within a 52-week range of one dollar thirty mm-hmm. and two dollars thirty-two cents. And oh, um, so they're they're trucking along pretty well. I mean, it's precious metals, so they're obviously going to be. Uh, it's hard to find a, a gold stock that's uh, below its fifty-two week range right now. I was actually looking at that. It's like literally hard to find. Like, a, like <laughs> if you're like you must be doing something wrong if you're in uh, in precious metals and your stocks and below your, your fifty-two week window. Yeah, yeah. No, so that's well. Let's stick with um, with South America then, because uh, we do this a lot of the stuff either is currently out. Um, Leslie's going to talk about Silver Standard and Gold Narrow here in a little sec. Uh, but uh, Dynacore will be out this week. And I'll make a quick mention. Uh, I mentioned Guiana Goldfields as a possible takeover target. We'll get into a little bit on their first commercial quarter at the Aurora Mine a little bit later. But for now, let's talk a little bit about Silver Standard and Ooh, Gold Ooh, I'm talking Arrow. again. Cool. And that's the Chinchillas thing. And that's in Argentina, correct? Yes. Boom. Well, this ah. is really neat because I was speaking to Paul Benson. He's the president and CEO of Silver Standard. Yeah. And so right now, um, Silver Standard is operating their Perquitas mine. Yeah. And um, it's, it's like low on ore. It's a it, silver. Um, it's a it, silver mine. Is it near the end of its life though? I can't. Remember. Yeah, it's it totally is, right? near the end yeah, of its yeah, life. Okay, okay. They're actually going to be reaching like the bottom of the pit by the end of this year. I remember, yeah, and then they're going to yeah. switch over to processing medium and high grade stockpiles, and that's going to keep them going. Paul was saying for another year. A year, okay. And so right now they're looking at chinchillas, which belongs to Golden Arrow, yeah. um, as a potential satellite deposit. So being able to truck that over to their Paquitas and keeping the mine life going there and maybe even extending it into the next decade. Yeah. And so they entered into this agreement with Golden Arrow last year, like October 1st or September 29th. Okay. And um, they're kind of going through this diligence period where they're going to like do the feasibility study and see if it actually makes sense. And when it, when I was talking to Paul, Paul was saying it's like, man, we've looked everywhere to figure out like <laughs> ways to extend the to mind extend life at Perquitas, yeah. but realistically, he says chinchillas is the only option. Yeah. And then he was saying how like you know so far the studies everything is going really smoothly and it's nothing unusual and it's going to actually be like a really simple so open is it, pit is it operation. An they're doing all this later. No, as soon as like they they agree then. Um, they spend, they're required to spend about $12 million um, mm-hmm. during the diligence period. And then when they say, yeah, we're going to do this, then Silver Standard gets 75%. And then Golden Arrow gets 25%. Now, 25% of the entire production, right? Yeah. Of Perquitas and Chinchillas. Okay. But that's also retroactive since last year. So kind of theoretically, Golden Arrow could be producing right now, if you know what I mean. Well, the, uh, yeah, they'll they'll get credits. For, they'll get the credits. Yeah. Um, yeah. Backdate it to so that uh, so in order to get the seventy five percent Solar Standard has to spend twelve million yeah on twelve point six million on just uh, work project work essentially mm-hmm. yeah that's not a pattern yeah and uh, it's you know and that kind of gives Golden Arrow the opportunity to be cash flow positive again so. and just because I'm a, I'm a guy who always wants to know who the money is uh, so uh, Golden Arrow is a Grosso Group company just so everybody knows that's true yeah so I just always I would. It's my first question. <laughs> Where are they getting their money? Yeah, uh, my okay. first question is always, like, what kind of rocks yeah, are, are they? Rocks are they? <laughs> so yeah. that's a rocks. So that's uh, that's actually Silver Standard and Golden Arrow is in the paper. Um, so that's in uh, this week's edition in our South America section, I think. Is it? Mm-hmm. So everybody, check that out, please. It is uh, really cool. Um, we're doing some. Uh, Trish has another really cool article up on Argentina again this week too online. Uh, she always makes yeah, great articles. Yeah, she's doing awesome stuff with that. So that's really cool. Uh, so do check that out. I think it's on. Um, um, just some investment stuff on Argentina. So that's really cool. Uh, so let's stick with South America precious metals. I just wanted to quickly, um, 
crack through some stuff on Guyana Goldfields because from my perspective, I've always found Guyana, British Guyana, to be one of the more exciting geological jurisdictions like around because totally. it's really greenfield and there's some really cool uh, greenstone belts down there. Um, so, yeah. and it's funny, I always hear like, but everyone who goes down and works there is like, it's a little, like, it's a little jungly. Like you go and then there's like big spiders and like, like. Bow constrictors? I heard like some Amazing. wild stories about it. Like there's like these things called, I don't know if they're called trapdoor spiders, but they're pretty big. And they dig these like, uh, these holes, right? And it's for like little, it's for like small mammal, not necessarily mammals, but little animals to fall in. And the spiders just, ah. But like some of the guys working <laughs> in there, they put their whole foot in there by accident. So spiders just bite them on the leg. Oh my God, I would so lose like, my mind. I know, some of the stuff. And then they have like some sort of viper down there. Anyway, so a lot of guys that go work down there are like... Just no shit if the GL just lost their rock hammer. Yeah, like, oh God. But that being said... (laughs) I just leave it in there. (laughs) Awesome geological area. Um, And one of the... This is one of the first... uh, Guyana Goldfields is kind of one of the front runners. They're first guys to get... uh, Outside of Troy Resources is an Australian company that has the Kaburi Mine, I believe, down in the Omai Belt. But uh, Guyana Goldfields Aurora property is 170 kilometers west of Georgetown, which is the capital. Um, so this was their first commercial quarter, and the mine looks really good. Um, so they cranked out about 41,000 ounces at ASIC of 778 bucks an ounce, which is a bit high, but it's coming down. They said it's a 5,000 tons per day operation. It's going to produce between 130,000 and 150,000 ounces of gold a year. So you can see why people would be like, oh, maybe someone's going to take them out because that's like a material production profile right and the ASIC is really competitive it's supposed to be between $587 and $637 an ounce and they've got about a 17 year mine life with about 3 million ounces so really interesting little uh not little mine actually it's cranking out quite a bit um so uh yeah so their first commercial quarter seems to be going real well uh the ASICs are going to come down everyone's watching them a little bit because like we said they've been identified as a company that uh a larger producer or mid-tier might be interested in. I will say, however, that this seems this is this would be an expensive acquisition if anyone were to do it. They're they were trading about eight bucks a share, and I walked in here, and that gives them a market cap of over a billion dollars. So I'm not we're not talking about like a Kamenet Gold Corp deal here. It's like that would be a big, a big slice of uh, shares or or capital for someone to fork over, right? So interesting one, and uh, we should. We, I'm going to look more at British Guyana just because it's cool, and French Guyana, some stuff in Suriname. Uh, we know that uh, Columbus Gold's down there. We talked about mm-hmm. them. Uh, we talked about uh, I am Gold's down there. There's some some cool uh, cool greenstone stuff because, as you always say, it's the other piece of it's the other piece of uh, Western West Africa. West Africa. So you get those really cool was, greenstone yeah. belts. Yeah. So that's what was some cool stuff that we came across uh, while we were doing our South America stuff. The other thing I want to update everyone on is if we recall, I don't remember if this is two or three weeks ago. You remember Cat Alaska Uranium? Uh-huh. Yeah, and maybe they, it's a couple of weeks. Interesting, uh, interesting uranium company, but we'd also like kind of <laughs> mentioned they had this random diamond thing and we were like <laughs> I was talking to them and I'm like, what do you have this diamond thing for? And they're like, Oh, it's it's super promising. And I'm like, Okay, well it's it's also super greenfield. But uh news rolled out, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, but De Beers was because remember they were hinting to us that they might have a a diamond partner coming in to auction this thing. Mm. So De Beers came in. So that's not a bad thing. Uh, so they optioned it for 20, just over 20 million bucks for, I think it's seven years they have to earn into it. And uh, they get to 
getaway to drilling it for Kimberlites up there. And we talked about how it's like the Ray province comes down under that part of oh, yes. Northwest Saskatchewan. And they had the tracer, the tracer elements, tracer elements, the Southwest oh, down yeah. ice. So, oh, and then they had, yeah, they had all these seven, they had 75 distinct magnetic anomalies that they popped on random government geophys. So it's like the definition of Greenfield. Like it's like, <laughs> like, so De Beers is, it's a very backloaded deal. Like, mm. well, they can get up to, it's, it's like they can get up to, I think 70 or 80% for 4 million, but to get up to 90%, they have to spend 20, right? So it's like the, the last three years is like a $14 million expenditure, which totally makes sense. I mean, how else are you going to structure that agreement? Because nobody knows if there's actually anything there. So they're not going to spend like yeah, they're not gonna, $10 yeah. million dollars up front, right? I believe so, Fjordland's up there as well too because yeah, they staked they a bunch stake? of Yeah, I was talking to... The same sort um, of thing. So keep your eye on maybe potential deals there. Yeah, well, I was talking to Peter Dazzler and John Gomez who were over at, at Can Alaska. And yeah, they were saying there was they, the, the funniest thing he said. He was like, yeah, we staked the most impressive stuff, but we left some of it open so we didn't get lonely. Well, yeah, you <laughs> can't so have... Much the guys well, that's up. the thing. You can't have yeah. an area play without area yeah. play. Yeah, so that was uh, so very smart. Interesting. So I mean, there's there's not a, a ton to say about it that hasn't we haven't already discussed about. The I'm geology super excited to hear about what comes out of yeah, it. Yeah, it's something to watch. That's what it is. is something, something to, to watch, watch, right? Because yeah. there might be a major, like a diamond discovery there. We don't know. Well, I mean, it's all it is right now. Literally, is like some tracer elements down ice and um, a geophysical some really good looking. Yeah, like really really round. <laughs> they're like. <laughs> So like they're very distinct. It's round. very round. Yeah, guys. I'm like, sweet, sweet. <laughs> it's like okay, oh, here's good. a bunch of money. But really interesting, and I mean, great for them. Nice option. If it does turn into something, it'll be good for their shareholders. So. It'll be great for Saskatchewan and too. for Saskatchewan. Yeah, and we always love diamonds, so that's always good. <laughs> yes. But uh, we wanted to. We have something coming up that's fun and exciting. Yes, and we totally new, do. New, and we're doing a special on lithium. Lithium only. Because it's the hottest thing. Because it's amazing. It was going to be on on energy metals, I think. It and was with oil. With and, and yeah, a bunch of different things. But we've since split it because lithium's become such a story um, that uh, we we just, we opted to cover it by itself. So we have some interesting stuff coming up. So to lead into this, you you who did you talk to? I forget. Oh, oh uh, pure with, energy. Pure energy. But we're going to get into that next week. But mm. uh, for now, we'll, we'll get into some more co- company specific stuff and all that kind of jazz next week um, when we're closer to putting this thing out but what i wanted to do was get into a little bit of like lithium literally like for dummies let's be honest here. yay that's lithium <laughs> what is lithium i don't i i have I, I, yeah i, I, have, I needed a primer i was this. like getting all these press releases every day looking at them and thinking to myself i have no idea what this means but boy it looks pretty yeah it's like back when <laughs> i don't want to compare it on an investor basis but back when like graphite was suddenly huge and everybody had to figure out what the heck graphene was and all, yeah. they were like, well, <laughs> all right all right and you know these science textbooks here this right. is getting ridiculous so and then the rare earths too we ever was like, i i still don't know very much like every time someone wishes to reverse to me, I'm like, mm, I don't know if I'm the guy for that. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so let's get into a little bit of uh, just lithium, uh, lithium 101. 101, lithium for dummies. Those books, they're yellow. You remember the weird, like, little caricature of a guy with spiky yeah. hair on the front? Anyway, everybody knows what those books look like. I don't have to describe them. Um, so let's get in. So, lithium is a, a lot of this is going to be courtesy. This is funny because uh, coinciding with our lithium thing, 
uh, Canaccord Genuity is doing like this huge push on lithium investment, like on education, so that investors kind of know what's it, what it what it is and stuff. So I got this like, how long was this? Like Seventy six page. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was looking at it and I thought, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is serious. They're real real serious about lithium. So uh, lithium is a soft silver white metal belonging to the alkali group of metals, which under normal conditions is the lightest of all metals and the least dense solid element. We just zoned, everyone zoned out. Yeah, every, don't stop zoning out. <laughs> Come back to us. It's super important. <laughs> uh, okay, so it has a number of unique properties, including high electrochemical reactivity, a low thermal expansion coefficient. Okay, that's another, and a high heat, heat capacity. So this is this is lithium, right? So the big thing, everyone, the hoo-ha about lithium or the brouhaha or the the uh, snap or whatever, I don't even have another word, <laughs> yeah. uh, is the lithium ion battery stuff, right? Um, so... All these properties, chemical properties, lithium has allows it to be used in a range of industrial applications, including ceramics, lubricants, and glass. But the largest and highest growth segment of the market is manufactured lithium-ion batteries, which you have in your phone and in your everywhere, in your electric car, and your laptop, and wherever else they're using these these days. So, so the big uh, the big thesis on why this is going to be so big is 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 a the electric car thing and all the electronics, but also B, energy storage is apparently going to be a totally. big Totally. Well, utilities, right? Because yeah. I was like, I was chatting with um, Andy Robinson, who's the COO with Pure Energy, Pure Energy yesterday, yeah. sat down with a specific goal of getting the Lithium 101 article for the Northern Miner. Yeah. And he told me everything. And he goes, you know, an unspoken story about lithium. Everyone talks about Tesla. Because I said, look, it started with Tesla. Is it going to end with Tesla? And he said, no. no. Because the bigger story is actually utilities. But nobody talks about utilities because it's boring as. Yeah. So he says, like, all these like you know states and places are looking at trying to find ways to store the energy from windmills or solar panels or whatever whatever yeah. and they need lithium to do it because lithium is the best <laughs> yeah way i remember to store another energy. buzz like where somebody was trying to pitch me on that idea with vanadium too they're like oh yeah vanadium storage units i'm like oh so apparently there's some sort of like odd odd mineral competition like where they meet in the back alley and, mm. and get your dukes fight up. each other. I don't know. Yeah. Right on. So fight club. So what we have here is there's two, I guess, primary types of deposits. You have lithium brine deposits, uh, which are formed through the leaching of volcanic rocks in basin de depositional environments. Uh, so lithium is extracted from brines via a process involving the pumping of. So it's it's a it, you extract the brine, uh, then you evaporate, purif purify, and uh, through solvent extraction, and then you got a bunch of ionic exchange and really funky stuff. Yeah. And then you come up with um, refined Li2CO3, which is uh, the brine stuff. Um, and then the other one is hard rock spodumen, which I've heard a little bit of spodumene. Spodumene. I think that's correct. Um, but sure. Yeah, let's go with it. Um, so it's uh, lithium-bearing aluminum silicate mineral, which mostly occurs in lithium-rich pegmatites. Pegmatites. Yeah. So I, from what I gather, um, a lot of the hard rock stuff or the spodumene stuff is in Australia. And they have some in China, I think. And also in Quebec. And Quebec, yeah. And mm -hmm. so you have, because, um, and then a lot of the brine stuff, I everyone says the best is in South America. It's in South America and Nevada. Nevada, the Clayton Valley, well. you'll hear a lot about And Clayton there's other Valley. places in Mongolia yeah. as well. Because the, the one uh, producing brine operation in North America is in Clayton Valley. It's Avermall, in Nevada. Yeah. yeah. So that that's, you'll see, you'll hear a lot of companies coming um what are they be marketing or coming up that have staked land either 
in Argentina a lot of the time mm-hmm. or uh, in the, around the Clayton Valley in Nevada. So those are kind of the two or hotter areas right now. Um, the one thing you won't hear about as much um, through the Toronto exchange is a lot of the Australian companies that are working on um, quite a bit of the stuff. Oro Cobre has the new brine mine coming on down south. And then uh, interestingly enough, you know, like um, there's the hard rock uh, mines in Australia. So there mm-hmm. is actual spodumen mines in Australia. So interesting stuff. I mean, uh, that's just a bit of a... A breakdown because we're going to be talking about this. Well, there's also clay hosted. Yeah, the clay hosted. That's uh, who which has is basically that. just mining like dirt. Yeah, because the, you end up with this. What I was told was you end up with the same product as brine, though. You sure do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is and there's carbonates and hydroxides, but a lot of the time I've seen resource numbers listed in lithium carbonate equivalent. I think so. Yeah. Interesting stuff. I mean, uh, Leslie's going to do a big one on. Oh, seriously, I am. This. I am the expert now. Yeah. Like sitting down talking to Andy, my mind was blown yeah. the entire time. I was like, oh my god. So I am. I am happy to say I'm an expert, and I'm going to be putting everything down. Yeah. Really simply for everybody to understand, because it's a much bigger story than um, what we're even talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. No. This and is just. Cool. This it's is really just a nice brief because. Uh, we will be talking about this in a lot greater detail in the next two weeks, probably, because we're going to be doing a lot of interviews with some of these companies and uh, trying to follow up this whole lithium thing and see what's what. Because, I mean, as with any boom, there's going to be some, you know... There's always confusion. Confusion, and there's going Hysteria. to be well, where, what's a good project, and Yeah, you know, and where, like, what's, and, what's actually a good, um, like sample from one of these projects you know well, that's what does the, it mean? and the, it's different between the different deposits because you have pegmatites which is yeah. like 500 or like 0.1 percent lithium is really good yeah whereas with like the brines if you're getting 200 to 500 milligram a liter then that's that's awesome yeah and i've talked before the uh metal or the metallurgy or processing circuits on these things is pretty interesting oh and dude that's like yeah. something else entirely um, yeah and that's something that, that we'll upcoming. get into but uh, really, if you're going to get into the lithium space in any way, something you really need to pay attention to is Oh, there's so processing. many things we need to know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So interesting stuff. So we will be, I'm not sure exactly on the date on this. I think our stories are due in around June, early June, I think. So this will probably be coming out in the next three weeks, I yeah, think. Yeah, I'm going to start mine. Yeah. So we're, we're getting started on this, but just a heads up, we are going to be doing a, a, lix, a lithium expose, if you want to call it mm, that. Yeah. Da, 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 lithium expose. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's going to be good. Um, so that's just a little bit of briefer so that as we go forward here, everyone's not being like... Why Tune in you? next week for the next podcast. Oh, yeah. We're, we'll, we'll we'll, we're going to dig into that. We're going to sure. just yeah. jump in. Yeah. Go swimming in it. Uh, go swimming in it. Get li- coated in I'm, lithium. Oh, no. Little sparkly lithium. Uh, I'll be like a Christmas decoration. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, I wonder if, uh, like, now I'm going to have to Google what, like, the health risks are from swimming in lithium. That'll be our next one, so we can warn you, <laughs> do not go swimming in brine ponds yet until I, until I check it with my science friends. All right, so let's do tweets, because it's, uh, it's uh, almost a long weekend. We are all ready to uh, take off a little bit here. So let's, uh, let's get into tweets of the week. Um, so I don't have too many. Uh, there's some cool stuff going on though. Uh, our friends at PR tree securities who we've uh, talked about in the past, uh, do charity flow through a uh, cool group of people. Um, they tweeted out about, uh, uh, asteroid mining, which, uh, our, uh, our layout editor, David Perry has covered asteroid mining. He's like our go-to sort of technology <laughs> asteroid mining guy. He, he, whenever something cool comes out on this, he's got a little piece on page five usually. Um, but, uh, so they treated out that Luxembourg aims high with asteroid mining. So this, the country is like, maybe Oh, what a good pun. What are you, <laughs> Just aim keeping high. Yeah, high, there we go. High, there we go. High. 
So the, the nation is aiming to become a global center for asteroid mining. They signed a deal with California-based Deep Space Industries to develop Prospector X. Sounds Watch out for so Prospector X. Yeah, he's coming. It's or like the bird. He or, or she or robot it. I don't. I don't know what Prospector X. Maybe they don't have sex. Maybe it's just like a, a dog. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea what it is. Or maybe it's like a, a, a androgynous robot. Like yeah, yeah, like a, just a, a sphere that floats around. And like, or you got sorry the Borg, right? Yeah, Gosh, like I the totally Borg. screwed up yeah. that Star Trek reference. <laughs> Definitely it's the like, Borg. You got like yeah, one of those yeah. a small and experimental space spacecraft to be built in Luxembourg, which will test technologies for prospecting and mining near Earth for asteroids after 2020. So there's again a. A fairly reasonable date on this, I guess. We might be. I, I, I personally, I, I've read different things, but I, asteroid mining is either the most out there thing ever, and I was like, ah, they're not as close as you think, or someone's like, I think they're doing it right now, and I'm like, I, it's probably in the middle. So let, <laughs> let's let's say 2025. I don't know anyway. Okay, moving on from deep space mining. Uh, uh, Susan Taylor at Reuters. Uh, Goldman Sachs bets higher on zinc stays bearish on all other metals. So. We've heard about zinc, impending supply deficit, need for zinc. Um, so yeah, that's just interesting. I, I I always laugh because I hear that so often. Everyone loves zinc. It's like mm, put more money in zinc. I'm like, all right, if you if you like that, <laughs> go for it. Um, moving on. Oh my gosh, I just got a text from somebody. Um, so this next one is I always this is always good because um, Ivanhoe Mines, which is is Robert Freeland's company. Um, usually when somebody gets like in a little bit of a kerfuffle with humans rights activists or something they like stay they don't talk like they stay off like their communications thing is just to be like no comment right oh but ivanhoe totally Free, yeah, yeah they're amazing these, at like, it 1500 word yeah. press releases so anyway somebody's a great one from ivan platz against yeah. the globe mail article last oh, year oh i remember that that was fantastic. there was like three or four of them going back and yeah. forth and, and ivanhoe nailed it i read theirs and i just i actually applauded them. yeah I like, so so i i i always think this is sort of robert freeland's personality kind of coming out in his company right so he, <laughs> he so they're they're pissed at mining watch canada now um because they put out some sort of thing where they're making dishonest apparent claims about unlawfully granted permits and stuff so but like what impresses me always this is this was tweeted i i was like oh gosh i have to read this because every time they put one out they're like freaking novels like it's like they want to write war and peace about how peeved they are at somebody so it's so there's a new one out so if anyone's interested uh, about the Platte Reef thing in South Africa, uh, Robert Freeland and co are into it again with somebody. So if you're interested, there's a big, big article or press release out there. They're, they're ticked off. So always a good read. I would recommend it. Um, I got another tweet from the Financial Times. Uh, always interesting. We talk about private equity, how it competes with public markets, where all the money's coming from. Uh, so apparently private equity, this is Financial Times is, is predominantly UK based. So this is kind of people talking to us from London from law and finance markets, more, more or less. They, they said that private equity uh, faces is, is facing a huge challenge from China. And we were just talking about uh, China Mali, who bought free, or is trying to buy Tanky from Freeport. Mm. Um, they also paid one and a half billion for uh, Anglo-Americans niobium and phosphate businesses in Brazil. So they're fulcrum over mad amounts of cash. So the other, like we always talk about private equity, you think, oh, the private equity guys just have so much money, but the private equity guys are apparently getting ticked because they're trying to, trying to keep stealing their sh stuff. So <laughs> so what this article was, was that uh, uh, 8.4 billion private equity firm Denim Capital was like, 
oh, we, they have lower cost of capital than private equity firms and it's hard to compete with them. So some dude with $8.4 billion was essentially whining in the newspaper. So he's like, Aww. oh, Aww. yeah, I'm going to use the sad trombone noise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 it's done. I actually have that and I've been waiting to use it. Oh, <laughs> yes. Sweet. You can do it again if you want. <laughs> I will. It'll happen twice. Um, so then we were talking about diamonds a little bit. Uh, I've heard a few of these lately. There's been some, what they're calling, this is a, this is a Bloomberg tweet. <laughs> this is a freakish diamond pulled from subarctic ice is about to go on sale. Whoa. So this one is uh, Rio Tinto pulled this, this, uh, this sucker out of the ground. Um, and it's called Foxfire. Amazing. Um, 187.7 carats. Oh my God. So it's about to go on sale. Um, It is carats from being pulver. It was a fluke. Like whatever the geological setting was, this shouldn't have happened this diamond. Like it's total abnormality scientifically apparently. So it's unusual elongated shape allowed it to slip sideways through a filtering screen apparently. So I wonder if it's like long. Do you think it's like a diamond sword? That'd be Whoa. Awesome. Anyway, that anyway. So by, uh, by comparison, because we oh. were just talking about Lucara just sold, uh, which is Lundin's diamond vehicle, just sold an 813 carat jewel named the Constellation for $63 million. Constellation's a good name, too. Yeah, making it the most expensive of its kind. So that equates to about $78,000 a carat. I'm not, oh, man. Oh my just, God, just I don't, depressing. I don't, right. Who buys these things? Seriously. Gosh. What do you do with them? Will you just put them in a safe and then wait for some thief to seal them? I don't, I don't. I you think do, I would just sit there and look at it. Because you can't like carry it around. What do you do with it? Maybe I would. Like, as like a sword. have armed guards. <laughs> don't touch my diamond. <laughs> don't stab me with your diamond. Be, yeah, that would be, the, you'd never have to sharpen it. No, no, I don't even know. Like, How could you sharpen it? I don't know. I don't know. I think <laughs> you'd just be winning all the time. Uh, but yeah, so that pretty much wraps it up. Everybody... Have a great long weekend. Have a wonderful we, long weekend. I will probably be posting this on Monday, even though it's a holiday, just because. Just because. Just because. So you might be on your long weekend, maybe sitting on your patio, having a Mai Tai. Yeah, you or, don't have to go to work till tomorrow. Yeah, so. Enjoy. Listen to your podcast and enjoy. I One more thing I forgot about. What? I forgot about. Oh my gosh. Fabulous news. What? So you don't remember how worried we are about Google self-driving cars killing us? Yeah. Yeah, we always worried about this. Google... <laughs> I'm just patented an adhesive that goes on the front of the car. So if a car hits you, you just stick to the to the hood of the car. Like you just like it just like mag like you just you don't bounce off or roll around. You just like you just like you stick it to a wall. Like just absolutely stick to a wall. So that so everybody, don't worry. Google's on top of it. If you, I just want to have one of those. Just to wear. If one of their cars drives into you, can you imagine one of these things going down the street? And there's like four people stuck to it. Like it just like it's like a snowball just starts rolling. You know, it'd be sweeter too if if it could be like the cars can be magnetic and other people wear a magnet, so they're immediately drawn. So when uh, they drive through the crowd, it's just all these people. Just so it's like, just big ball of people. You know, on the car. Other interesting. I read another interesting thing. Speaking of sitting on your patio. I hear that the uh, summer drink of choice, the hottest new thing, is uh, espresso and tonic. So what? Yeah, apparently it's delicious. Oh my gosh! Everybody give that a try. I heard that the other day too. See, we're not just a mining contest. We totally had to defend yourself against self-driving cars and what to drink when it's hot outside and you want some caffeine. So. Do tune in because we'll give you lots of different lots of life tips. Ideas. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this is the Northern Mind of Podcast. I am Matthew Keel. And I'm Leslie Stokes. We will see you next week.